Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Is This Normal? Today we are talking about pregnancy and all things antenatal and speaking of that, Sheena, how have you been feeling lately? I am good, thankfully Sarah. I am obviously now in the later stages of my pregnancy. I'm in the countdown stage, I have to say, um, with just a few weeks left to go until fingers crossed and all being well um our second little bundle will arrive in july so um, i'm feeling good i'm just at that stage of the pregnancy where everything's just i have to take everything at a bit of a slower pace oh. just a lot more easily <laughs> tired and i think this time around certainly the um the added influence of running after a, a three-year-old toddler oh, I'm sure. <laughs> is, is certainly an, an additional challenge. But um, no, I have to say, feeling generally well. So really looking forward actually to speaking to um, Gemma to find out um, kind of what way. Like obviously I've been through most of the pregnancy at this stage in terms of antenatal appointments, but even just, you know, the changes in the hospitals and you know, what to expect this time round, obviously, because it was I totally know. different three years ago with no pandemic. I know it's going to be so different, isn't it, for you? Just, I suppose your first and second pregnancy are very different anyway, because like you were saying, you've got a wee one to run around after. Yeah. And now you've got just the, the pandemic and the restrictions. But yeah. have you found things all right, you know, with it? I, to be fair, I feel very, very fortunate that I am kind of on this side of it, like as in my my impending labour and things of and giving birth is on the is on the nicer side of the, of the pandemic in terms of restrictions being mm-hmm. lifted and partners being kind of more... Um, readily allowed back into obviously the labour wards and things like that so I've been lucky but I do my heart breaks for any of those parents who obviously had to go through you know much of those appointments especially I think if it's your first time Mm -hmm, you know what it's like I'm sure you remember yourself as well your first time is it's daunting and I Mm -hmm. definitely couldn't have done it without my husband by my side I know I know it's it is it's oh my heart breaks like you say just for everybody it's been a really really difficult time but Let's chat to Gemma and see, I suppose, what what people can expect going forward. Today we are joined by Gemma Winter, who is the Antenatal Education Coordinator for the Southern Trust. And Gemma joins us today to chat all things pregnancy and particularly pregnancy in a pandemic which obviously um a lot of women have been experiencing over the last year um so thanks for joining us Gemma it's great to have you um do you want to tell us a wee bit about yourself and how you kind of got into the role you're doing yeah thank you so much um for having me on absolutely thrilled um I think it's all about getting information out there and supporting the mummies and the parents so it's a great opportunity uh, just to share uh, what's going on within our trust. So basically, I've worked in the Southern Trust for 20 years. Um, I worked as a gynae nurse, first of all, and then went and done my midwifery, and I've been a midwife ever since. Um, I was involved in setting up the Getting Ready for Baby program that was funded through Department of Health, and that's really where I 
uh, got the passion and love for education with regards to maternity services. You know, to me, education is power. To me, being informed and knowing your options um, and feeling like this is really important stuff for you, that it's all about you on the day. It's individualized care. And I think that's really important. And I love that aspect of my job. So uh, I head up a team of midwives um, within the education team. And we're all passionate um, about supporting and empowering women. Um, so then me, myself, I'm a mummy uh, of three. So I know what it's like. I remember being particularly your first baby. Uh, you are quite vulnerable and it's scary and you don't know what to expect, even if you've read all the textbooks and done all the courses. Um, so, yeah, I totally get it from that end. Um, and that's me, really. We as a wee family, we love the outdoors um, and we love family time. We like walking and hiking and our, we love our wee family pet too. Um, so that's my background. Becoming pregnant, it's an exciting but also kind of, I suppose, daunting and nerve-wracking time for for mummies, first-time mummies. Um, and then, of course, you factor in a pandemic into all of this um, and it's a whole different scenario. Oh, can you tell us a wee bit, I suppose, how the Trust have adapted and changed their antenatal services to support women through this time? Yeah, well, the biggest thing that I've noticed is that we have a wee bit of a more uh, online presence, um, even within our community midwifery teams. Um, we always did have emails within the community teams, but now, you know, it's more accessible for the service users um, and they can email in any queries. So they might maybe do the exact same face to face initially, but we are there is the main principle of it all. And even the fact that we now have our maternity NI, you know, with the five trusts, that is a fabulous resource um, and a go-to point. And we really are encouraging um, our service users to go on there and get our details. And even within our Southern Trust, we have our maternity page. We're constantly adding to it and updating that. So that's another way with our online presence. We also have adapted with having like a helpline, which would be new within our trust. So it's like a COVID helpline, but it can be for really anything. And um, we also have an email address for that too. So again, uh, the midwives who are manning that, you know, they can then forward them on to the appropriate teams, um, you know, with regards responses. So we've definitely increased our online presence. Obviously, you know, with the pandemic, we have had to adapt in many ways, you know, particularly, you know, we are key in following the public health message and um, socially distancing. We can appreciate that that's been difficult, uh, even in the waiting rooms, you know, we're making sure everything's laid out that everybody's safe. And that, I suppose, the trust is the most important thing that we're being safe uh, with regards to our safety and adhering to the public health message. But I want to just reinforce to everybody out there that, you know, all the trust boards are working so hard on maternity. And that's one thing that hasn't changed. Uh, they are great at what they do, their job. Uh, they're passionate between, you know, the midwives, the doctors, um, even our admin staff, all our auxiliary staff. You know, everybody is just working so well together as a team and have just given 110 percent over this pandemic to try and make, uh, you know, it service user friendly and that the mummies know that they're at the centre of it all. And I know it has been challenging, but you know, we are still there and we are very much in the caring profession uh, and we want to help um, partners and their families in this uh, pandemic that we're in. I myself am in my second pregnancy at the minute. So I feel kind of fortunate that I've had a previous pregnancy to go off in terms of knowledge. And although say that was almost three years ago now, you still kind of, it's nice to remember things. 
But I do, I do have to say I have friends who have gone through maybe a first pregnancy in this pandemic and it can be a nervous and worrying time. And we know, obviously, you mentioned services have changed. They've moved online in line with with health guidance. Obviously, there's there's that's absolutely necessary um, given what we've all lived through. Um, but there is probably an aspect of fear, particularly among the first time mums who maybe are worried that if something isn't feeling quite right in their pregnancy, regardless of what it is, be it, you know, from the smallest thing that they're not feeling 100% themselves or maybe the, they're concerned there is actually something more seriously wrong. I mean, what what are you, what are the trusts doing, obviously, to really get the message out there that regardless of your issue in pregnancy, no, no, no query is too trivial. And because we, obviously we, we live through a pandemic and we know hospitals are under pressure and, and things like that. And people are probably afraid that, oh, God, am I going to be a burden by, you know, phoning the helpline or phoning the midwife? Um, so can it just just tell us what, what you guys are doing to reassure mums like that? Well, as you say, rightly, you know, if a mummy's concerned about her baby, then we're concerned. And I just want to emphasize that, that, you know, a mother's intuition is almost the best, you know, guidance for her. And that's the thing. We are a 24 hour service. We are always here and our doors are never shut. And even when other services were, you know, maybe reducing and different things shutting down, even through the pandemic, we have worked tirelessly and so committed to making sure that the standard of care is still there and we do strive for clinical excellency and we don't want anybody sitting at home worried about something and as you rightly said no question is a silly question you know I know within even my team you know we're always getting phone calls and emails and messages mommy's just querying simple things and I would rather that she did that than going away worrying about it and you know even particularly if there was something on towards you know, they're not worth taking the risk. You know, our babies are too precious. Um, and some of them, you know, people have waited so long for some of them. And there's been really hard and stressful journeys for some folk. And yes, the whole pandemic thing has, you know, added extra stress and extra worry. Um, but we want you to know that we are definitely always there um, to help um, in any way. Um, even if it's within your community midwife, lift the phone, chat to your local area. Or if it's a more of an urgent thing, don't hang about. And that's our real advice with regard to even movements or just feeling things aren't right. You know, we would rather you ring and get checked over and everything's okay and that you feel happy about that. Because the worst thing we would want is a mummy who regrets not coming up when she felt she should have. And that is the saddest case ever. And we don't want that to be the case. So we definitely want um, the service users to feel that we are always here, even through uh, what we're going through. And even within our teams, like we have a fabulous practice education team, you know, and our our mentors with regards to practice assessors and supervisors, we have a massive amount of students here too. Um, and it's great to see students and they're so helpful and they've really stepped up to the mark through all of this too and have met the, de- the demand and have been there to support our midwifery team. So even from that aspect, we've got that workforce uh, who are working right beside us and helping us. So that's another encouragement for the public. Another thing is that, you know, we are listening to the public, you know, voices out there and, you know, we are asking for service user involvement. And I know on Monday past we had our maternity liaison committee meeting and we had lots of service users, you know, who are pregnant on or maybe who have had babies in the past. And 
you know, we want the public to help drive our service too because we need public involvement. We need to see, yes, we did that well. Yes, we did that brilliantly. That, mm, not sure we could try and improve in that. So that is big. You know, we're not just sitting out here isolated at the trust. You know, we want to be involved in the communities, knowing what's going on with the women, knowing how they're feeling. Um, and that is big, you know, and they're helping drive our service forward too. But as you said rightly, we don't want anybody at home nervous or anxious about anything. Please ring us and please talk us through your worries. And it's better to get these things aired early rather than worrying about them. I think throughout this pandemic, people have been worried to to lift the phone maybe or you know, they maybe think they're they're wasting people's time during a pandemic, but it's never, ever like that when it comes to mummies pick up the phone and just air your concern and see see what the best advice is. You know, there's a lot of worry for pregnant women over being alone during labour. Um, can you talk us through a bit about what is allowed at the moment? Because I know the rules are different maybe between different trusts um, and there maybe have been some changes lately. Um, and also... Do women need to be COVID tested before they're admitted for things like planned C-sections or being induced? Yeah, well, valid point, sir. And it is a fluid situation. You know, things are changing all the time and we are being directed, you know, from public health. But I just want to reassure everybody within the Southern Trust area, all partners are definitely allowed in, um, particularly in labour and at the birth and afterwards. But you know, even now for appointments, and I know that was a, a real difficult one in the past, you know, where they couldn't come to appointments. And I could, we totally as a trust appreciate how difficult that must have been in the past. And particularly for mummies who have had, you know, their babies through through the pandemic previously to the guidelines, you know, lifting a bit. But we just want to reassure, you know, everybody now that, yes, partners are allowed in uh, for the appointments, you know, the antenatal appointments and definitely for labour and birth. And yeah, we we are encouraging mummies, you know, to get a COVID test when they come in. And that's just about protecting, you know, the public and each other and um, even the mummies and the babies. Because obviously babies are very vulnerable and their immune systems are, are still very young and immature. So that's what we are doing. And even with track and trace, uh, you know, we, we are sticking with that and making sure, you know, all the visiting up in the ward, which is a daily visit that, you know, we know who's coming and it's not, there's loads of people coming at once, but that it's staggered and it's very much uh, organised. And again, that's just adhering to the public health message. And we do encourage partners, birthing partners to wear, you know, face coverings uh, when they come in. Um, but it has been a difficult one and we do get that, but never, you know, will the mummy be on her own in labour. And we really want to emphasise that, that that has never been the case for labour. Um, and yes, there might be at times where she was maybe coming up, you know, and on her own and then, you know, partners getting in when she's maybe a more established labour. But now, you know, we are opening up a bit more. And I just want to reassure the mummies as well that, you know, the midwives there for her too, um, you know, we are women centred and we want to be uh, that significant person. We will never leave you in a vulnerable position. If you're in good active labour, you'll always have a midwife one to one with you. Um, and then your birth and partner, that is very important too, that you pick that person who's going to be able to support you as well. So, yeah, you're right, sir. It has been a difficult, challenging time, but we definitely are further down the road now. And we're delighted about that. Every one of us within maternity. It has been a tough time and I, I, I myself, like given the situation I'm in now, I'm a few months, a couple of months away from from my um, labour all being well. And I, I kind of think 
I've hopefully come to the, the, the right stage of the pandemic and, and, and rightly so it has been a worrying time. And we have talked um, at length about mum's concerns and, and fears. But I mean, regardless of, of what's going on in the outside world, giving birth at, at any stage of, of a woman's life is hugely exciting. And it's it's a really, it's albeit a worrying time when you become a mum, it's it's very exciting as well. So we kind of wanted to, to focus a wee bit on that as well. So I mean, you obviously have a wealth of experience and being a mum and after yourself. So what's your kind of one piece of advice or tip for any new mum when preparing for labour, regardless of the fact that we are in a, we're still obviously in a pandemic, but just in general, preparing for labour, what's your key piece of advice? Um, well, I suppose because I'm education, I'm a great believer in being informed, you know, read around the subject, you know, the Public Health Agency, our Purple Pregnancy book, um, you know, that is invaluable for labour and um, even our after good start pregnancy, uh, sorry, breastfeeding book. Let me say that again. Uh, our after good start uh, breastfeeding book um, is also on there. Uh, we have our birth to five book on the public health website. Those are the books that we give out to our mummies. So be informed and please attend your antenatal classes. This is a great opportunity for support. And they're all virtual. They're all online now. I know within the Southern Trust anyway. And, you know, that's a great way of building community and networks with mummies, particularly now because there isn't that same face to face. So I do think being informed and being educated is so important and particularly about deliveries. You know, we're here to promote normality and we love, you know, our midwifery led units and our water births. And that is fabulous. But that's not the case for everybody, you know, and I think it's really important to read about instrumental deliveries, read about perhaps cesarean section, you know, yes, read about water births, but be informed about the delivery options because it's not going to be the case for everybody, um, the midwifery led water birth experience. Um, and that sometimes is where mummies, you know, have this perfect ideal of how things are going to go. And unfortunately, that doesn't work out. And maybe they're a bit disappointed or deflated or, you know, they're you're, you're just unsure about it all. So I think that's really important is to play out all scenarios and what eventualities can happen um, for labour. Um, and that will definitely um, guide you when you come to that situation that if something changes or there is a bit of help needed that we have the people there that are required to be there uh, and you know why they're there so definitely and I just think another thing is just be kind to yourself you know and that's for labour for birth for beyond for antenatally because it is strange days we're living in and yes we need to protect ourselves um, and in terms of our safety with, you know, COVID and bugs and flus, but even protecting ourselves, even with regards, you know, our mental health, you'll be kind to ourselves and, you know, prepare, yes, but be kind and give yourself that extra time, you know, be gracious with yourself and, you know, take that time out um, to do something nice for you, even if it's a wee pampering session now that I'm not here to uh, advertise any spas, but you know, go and get your wee pregnancy uh, massage or, you know, practice a wee bit of yoga. But deep breathing and relaxation is one of the key things for labour um, and even for labour birth and beyond. Because when you're holding that wee baby in your arms and maybe they've been crying all day and all night and you're feeling stressed within yourself, you know, it's about learning to drop your shoulders and take a few deep breaths 
And that is helping ground you. Um, and labour, we, we can tell right away a mummy who comes in and who's practised her deep breathing and relaxation. You know, right away you can tell. It's like a marathon runner. You don't just go out and run a marathon. You have to practise your deep breathing and relaxation. And I love when a mummy comes into my room and you can really see that she's worked hard at this. Because honestly, as soon as you hit the maternity doors, the smell, the change in environment, you're having contractions, you're worried about face masks, you're worried about what type of delivery you're going to have, you know, all those stresses build up and then all of a sudden your heart's racing, the next minute you feel like you're hyperventilating and you're feeling a bit dizzy, you know, all that sort of parasympathetic nervous response, it's like a fight or flight response, we have to get back to basics of right, come on, let's take a deep breath. And having that birth and partner's going to stand opposite you and say, right, come on, look at me. Let's breathe together. Let's take a few deep breaths and let's ground yourself. Because remember, even all our hormones as well, we want all the happy um, pregnancy-induced hormones for labour. We want the oxytocin. We want all those love hormones. We don't want you to be full of adrenaline and all those stress, stress factor hormones. We want you just to say, right, come on, Pain is to be expected with contractions. Let's change our mindset. Let's take a few deep breaths and let's focus on what we're doing. Everyone is one less and we're going to meet our baby sooner. So it is almost like changing our thinking uh, as well about the contractions when they do start. And we like to call them now surges or waves. And we try to take the negative idea away from it that it's not all bad, but they, they are doing something and they're working on our uterus to help that wee baby navigate down and round that corner um, so that we're going to make that baby. Definitely. And I suppose that's always going to come in handy as well when things don't go to plan. Because I know for myself, I had this idea of a real calm like you know I'd done hypnobirthing and I was going to use my breathing but then things things didn't go according to my plan and I ended up having to have an emergency c-section but things like using that breathing throughout all of that and trying to remain calm I suppose that's another key point isn't it for for mommies to remember when things don't always go the way you intended and I think even at, you know, cesarean section too, it's it's not thinking, right, this is, you know, the worst thing in the world. It's the main thing at the end of the day is to get a healthy, happy baby. And the mummy is in that uh, mindset as well. And that, that is so true, Sarah, because, you know, we do have expectations and we, and we all do it. But it's about you know, playing out all eventualities and knowing you've given it your best shot and knowing and that we can only try at the end of the day and let's see how baby copes with labour because there's so many variables. And even as Gina, you'll agree, you know, no matter how many children you have, every pregnancy is different, every birth experience is different. And we all know every child is different when they come. So, yeah, I think even being open minded um, for mummies who are coming back with their second and third, that, you know, always be kind to yourself. Let's see how the body copes. And let's be safe at the end of the day and get a healthy, happy baby. I think I carried a bit of um, I don't know what I don't know what the word is, but it annoyed me for a while that things hadn't gone the way I wanted them to, and I thought I had maybe done something wrong. And I feel a lot better about it now. But it, it is—it's difficult for mummies, and I think we all just have to go in, like you say, just calm and with an open mind but the one thing that we can maybe prepare for um when it comes to getting ready for labor is 
what to pack for our hospital bag. And that's quite an exciting thing, you know, getting everything ready. Um, but what would your top tips be for moms, you know, when they're getting ready to go um, into hospital? What should they have and how should they have their bag laid out? Yeah, no, my only advice, really, the biggest advice is make sure you do it in good time because sometimes these babies come early um, and we're not prepared for it. Um, so please have your bags ready early. Now, my other hilarious tip which I will never forget so I die Um, I worked night shift for a long time and I remember being up in the postnatal ward and the mummy asking me to get something out of her bag one time and I opened the bag it was the middle of the night 4am and rummaging through this bag and I sort of seen something moving about and I'm going am I imagining this 4am in the morning and then I looked further and I'm not even going to tell you what was in the bag so my only advice is make sure you zip your bag and leave it ready. Uh, that little <laughs> friends can't get into your bag. Um, and that is, honestly, to this day, you'd have heard me screaming down the corridor. Um, but it was a funny one. Um, so, yeah, for particularly for labour, make sure you have your playlist um, and have your charger and your docking station. Remember, on the day, you're the queen of the castle you're in control of what happens in that room. It doesn't matter whether it's in Midderfield or it's in Delivery Suite, whether it's in Theatre. Remember, this is women-centred care. So if you're something specific you want to be playing in the background, bring your own stuff in to do it or ask the midwife uh, or team there that you can play your music. And particularly early on, you should be getting your playlist, playing those happy tunes, all those really you know, uplifting ones for you, whether it's classical, whether it's religious, whether it's ACDC, I don't care what music you listen to. If it helps you in your normal daily life, it's going to help you in labour. So get your playlist organised um, for labour. And um, make sure you have your charger, definitely. Um, lip balm, because your mouth gets very dry with the gas in air. Even a wee fan that you can put, you know, around your face. Like you can buy them for a couple of pounds um, with battery operated just to keep you nice and cool. Because remember, labour, it means work. So you're working pretty hard, you're burning off plenty of energy and you're building up, you know, to something really exciting and you will be sweating. One minute you'll be roasting, the next minute you'll be freezing. So plan for all eventualities in the labour room. Uh, even your favourite moisturiser. I'm a great believer in smells. You know, smells can trigger our subconscious. You know, if you're putting on your lovely coconuts, butter that you love and Oh, it reminds you of holidays and it's such a lovely smell. That naturally subconsciously releases like a happy memory in your brain. So, you know, women are amazing. They naturally do that. Like you see a woman bringing, like, I mean, for all my years of midwifery, women teach us so much. Like a woman bringing her own wee pillow in that reminds her home or bringing something in that her mum gave her or somebody gave her. And that's our bodies connecting with a safe place. So smells are really important to us. Unfortunately, we can't burn candles. But if there's something that you really love, like your favourite perfume or your favourite fabric softener, you know, bring that smell into the hospital because that's going again when you're having contractions and you close your eyes and you're breathing through. That's taking you back to that happy place. You know, and even during your pregnancy, you have those smells around you, whether it's fresh lavender or whatever, and you can get certain uh, oils that are okay in pregnancy that you can bring with you and smells are really important. Um, so bring your moisturizers if it's moisturizer or your perfume. Uh, your hair bubble, I think that's really important. Um, making sure even a scrunchie is sometimes better because our hair bubbles can have a wee metal piece in it 
And it's very important that if you do uh, end up in theatre, that there's no metal on you. Um, so a scrunchie's good and always have two in case you lose that one. Um, keep hydrated. So have your bag full of snacks um, and nice drinks that you're going to be happy with in labour. Now, there will come a point in your labour where you'll not want to eat or drink, and that's totally fine. But in the early stages of labour, you know, as you're building up uh, to, you know, the real act of labour, you need to eat little and often and eat healthy food choices. Don't be binging on Mars bars, okay? Think about, you know, your slow-release carbs, like a wee banana, a bit of tea and toast, you know, something that's not too heavy. Fizzy drinks, definitely not, because they can repeat on you. And again, I think it's remembering that in labour, you can be sick because that's your body's natural response in labour because you're focusing on your vital organs, your brain, your heart, your lungs. Your body's working really hard to keep that wee baby alive and plenty of oxygen. So anything in your stomach, that old KFC that maybe you took on the way in or your chips on the way down, it's not going to stay there, unfortunately, because we don't have enough red blood cells to start digesting your big full tummy. So we want you to eat sort of snacks, little and often, and healthy options and drinking plenty as well. Um, I also encourage you to bring a pen and a, pa- a notepad because I think what you said is very true, Sarah. You know, afterwards, you know, yes, you're so happy and so excited, no matter how your baby comes, to have that baby in your arms. But I think it's really important that you you process what's happened. You know, and even when you're up in the postnatal ward, you know, write down if there's something that you want to question or you're not too sure about, you know, why did this happen or how did that happen? And, you know, it's good to air these things early rather than it going on and you're sitting at home and the community midwife come in and you're just in bits in because you're number one tired. You're sore after, you know, labour, you're trying to breastfeed and this baby's not giving you much sleep. So I really do think it's important to debrief ourselves um, you know, and with your other half, you know, that they can sort of give you a wee bit of enlightenment of what happened. Because remember, when you're having pains and contractions, your eyes are closed, you're in the zone, you're coping, you're getting through it's survival mode. You know, you're not sometimes listening to what's being said, you know, so sometimes it's always good to, to debrief yourself and write down any questions or queries you have um, and talk to your, your team who's looking after you. I think that's really important. But yeah, labour bags, get them packed early um, and get yourselves your 90s. 90s are great because they you're nice and long. I mean, I never would have had a 90. I'm always a PJ person. But say for labour, get yourself a 90 that, you know, we can pull it on you and it's nice and long and they're not very expensive to buy. And make sure you have a wee dressing gown because you can be cold in labour. And then the next thing you're sweating and you're roasting and you just you go through all seasons in labour. And I think even for partners, you know, I think they need to be prepared and um, they need to have snacks as well. And I really encourage partners not to layer themselves up like onions with all these layers, you know, because often they say to the partner, do you want to take your jumper off? No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Or, you know, in the middle of the night, they are fine one minute and then maybe the next they're not fine, you know, because maybe they're not used to being up at 4 a.m. So, yeah, partners need to have a wee supply in the bag as well. Is that fair enough? That's actually a really good point. I know what you said. I my first um my first son, he was born in the middle of a heat wave. Believe it or not, that's almost three years ago. It's probably the last time we had a I had a heat wave, but it was genuinely a very, very warm spell of weather we were having. Um and I remember what you were saying. I had I had I had my handheld fan and I had my husband with like the cooling mist on my face for one minute. 
And then the next minute I was asking the midwife, can you get my fluffy socks out of the bag? Because my feet were freezing. So you're right. It definitely you go from one extreme to the other, regardless of the temperatures outside too. Oh, definitely. And it's even just that fight or flight response. You know, one minute you're really heads on fighting it and you're like, come on, I can do this. Your emotions as well. One minute you're up and the next minute you're like, I can't do this anymore. You know, and it's it's funny. Just be yourself in labor. I think that's the key for all our mommies, especially your first. You don't know how you're going to react. You don't know what contractions feel like. And be kind to yourself. We've seen it all. So don't worry. You know, you do whatever you can to survive it. I mean, we'll walk you about. We'll, we'll do different positions. We'll be up. We'll be down. We'll be round. There's a time for everything. And there's a time even to rest too. And even get into the bed and lie on your left side. And take a few deep breaths in between the contractions. But yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's the most precious time for a woman uh, to go through that. And even as a midwife, you know, it's a privilege, you know, to be there for the miracle of life. And just to see that wee baby and to see the love right away, you know, within the room. It is just mind-blowing. It's so precious. So I wish you all the best, Gina, too. Thank you, Gemma. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually within the Southern Trust, so... I'm, um, it's all very relevant to me. I'm all, all ears to hear what's coming up ahead of me this time around. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Listen, you'll have to let me know now when you, when you win. I'll call up and see you. That's brilliant. So the question is, Sheena, have you got your hospital bag fact checked? So after chatting to Gemma, that sent me on a mission this, this weekend <laughs> to get the stuff I need for my hospital oh. bag. I feel at this stage um, of my first pregnancy, it was probably already in the boot of the car, ready to go to the hospital. Um, this time, I am. I just feel so much less prepared. So that conversation with Gemma has certainly spurred me to get myself organised, which I'm usually quite an organised person, but I think, again, toddlers running around, don't, you don't at the same time. Oh, <laughs> honestly, yeah. My, my brain sometimes is just like, so yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> You don't at the same time, but the one thing I am now wondering, and I'm obviously going to make sure I, I don't have any any pets or, or anything. I'm assuming maybe that's what Gemma oh. was alluding to. But what was in I that know, I bag know. that she discovered? I want to know. I, well, I want to know what I don't at the same time. Like, yeah, oh, I think maybe some things are better left on unknown. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We should have we should have quizzed her more, but yeah, maybe maybe it's best we don't know. <laughs> You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere you get your podcasts.